0: I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work c- coronavirus edition. So, as you all know, I'm using my home time to talk to lots of people, uh, and today I have Corey Bowen talking about uh, Kamigawa uh, Neon Dynasty Commander. Hey, Corey. Hi, Mark. How's it going? Going good. So, uh, okay. So, I've I've spent a bunch of podcasts talking about the making of the main set. But this is the first podcast to talk about the commander decks, so let's start from the very beginning. What, how do you guys even decide what what decks we're going to make in a product?
1: Yeah, so uh, our commander team, like our draft teams, are set up. Uh, or our main set teams are uh, divided up into vision design and set design. And so for this set, Chris Mooney was doing the vision, and I was doing the set design, leading the set design um and this was also the same kind of split we had for midnight hunt and crimson vow the whole midnight hunt crimson vow and neo uh which is the so that's how i refer to it um those three sets had the same kind of structure for the commander team so we were kind of in a rhythm for what we were doing um so it was mainly chris mooney's uh job to sit there and look at different Uh, deck themes and test them out against each other and figure out what we really wanted. I remember for this set we had a few different options that we were looking at. Coming out of uh, the Innistrad Commanders, which all of those four decks from Crimson and Midnight, those were all uh, creature-type themes. So it was a vampire, a spirit, a werewolf and somewhat of a human's deck. So those were all uh, going in from those themes. And so I remember feeling pretty happy or confident that we were just going to do like a ninjas and samurai thing here. But for one reason or another, I think Chris said that samurai was harder to build at a pre-con level and ninjas there were also so few of that those also felt just like not super viable options for the pre-constructed decks. And then I remember us looking into something that kind of emphasized the two different uh, kind of ideologies in this new futuristic Kamigawa, which was the tradition versus the modernization or like the artifacts versus the enchantments as the mechanical theme in the set. And I think building off of that is where we got to one deck, which was fairly artifact-centric, being the vehicle's deck, and one deck that was... uh, I mean, it has artifacts in it, but it was more flavored or centered around enchantments or auras, which is the red-green modified deck. Modified being a new mechanic that cares if your creatures have a counter, are equipped, or enchanted.
0: So, I mean, I think a lot of the idea is you want the commander deck to come from whatever the set is, right? And yeah. this set had a had a theme, right? And it, it had two very clear themes... So, when the dust settled, that's what made sense.
1: Yeah, when, when the dust settled, it made sense to take what was not just special about Kamagawa in general, but was special about this Kamagawa and, uh, you know, what's special about this set, and that was really the interplay through the artifacts enchantments, which is, you can very heavily see through just looking through the set, opening a booster pack, there's artifact creatures, there's enchantment creatures, you know, so... That's kind of one of the things we wanted to hone in on.
0: So here's an interesting question. When you return somewhere, you have access, obviously, to cards from the previous visit. Does that mm. make
1: it easier to make Commander decks? Does it make it easier? It's It makes it easier, but not always. I'll say for Innistrad, um, obviously, like, oh, there's been a few Innistrad sets. So cer- certainly there should be some more creature-type theme support for These specific creature types like, oh, you know, we can make a pretty cohesive red black vampires or blue white spirits. Well, yeah, but, you know, there's some cards we can use, but it turns out like a lot of those support cards uh, didn't cater well towards making a deck. So, I mean, we still did it because it was heavy flavorfully, but the vampires deck had a lot of trouble finding a cohesive theme because vampires had just done so many things in the past. Um, but in general, it's a great starting place. Kamagawa was kind of trickier because it was just another era of design. Um, and I don't know, some of the old Kamagawa cards are just following different rules and it, it was a bit harder to pull those forward.
0: So is it determined ahead of time? Like, do you know going in how many new cards versus how many reprints there have to be?
1: Yeah. Um, sometimes it changes. Um, in general, we're, we're kind of aware of how many new cards are on each deck. Um, sometimes, yeah, like I said, sometimes it changes. But we, we kind of uh, would like, when, at least by starting set, we're like, okay, this is probably the amount of new cards we're doing. Maybe there's a reason that the set lead is like, I'm supposed to pull back or I'm supposed to go more. Usually it's not influenced by, oh, I think this is what'd be good for this set. But it's more influenced by our Commander product suite as a larger collection of products on the shelf. It's like when those uh, decisions about those change and uh, those kind of are, you know, maybe there's more decks, maybe there's less decks, maybe there's decks at this time or decks at that time, uh, that environment's changing, I think more often influences how many new cards we'll put in uh, a product just because we want to make sure we're supplying like the right flow and rate of new stuff to the format, but we also want to keep, you know, these decks interesting and exciting. So we want more new cards to keep stuff exciting. Sometimes we are like, oh, maybe we can do less new cards because we just have enough here and we uh, don't need to inject that much new content into the format at this point in time.
0: Yeah, one thing I want to stress is for the audience. I I think the audience has a lot of times thinks about sort of R and D of old, As there's one entity and we just do everything. And -hmm. the reality is modern, you know, sort of modern R&D is, hey, there's a lot of specialties. For example, as you're talking about, there's people that focus, I mean, not that they do nothing else, but there's people that focus on Commander and, hey, like, for example, I know with you, the majority of what you do is Commander and so there's a lot of focus on that and that... There's a group of people who are like, let's think of Commander and let's think of a larger Commander format of what's the environment and what cards do we add that help and this and that. And that, you know, one of the things you're balancing is every Commander product is for Commander, but also it's tied to a, a, um, a premier set and it wants to like sort of hit both things. It both wants to feel like a Commander set, but also feel like it makes sense with whatever's going with. And I know that's, that can be a challenge
1: yeah it definitely is a challenge um trying to connect to the main set do new stuff i think it's really fun to have the main set as a starting point like we used to make these commander decks where we would just completely fabricate what we think we should do that year um i never really got to work or lead on one of those products but i really enjoyed starting from a world, being like, we know we like this world, we have people with world-building resources on this world at this time, so let's let's start at the starting point and see what we can come up with. And I've enjoyed that a lot, um, starting from there, and I, I enjoy the incentives of having, you know, uh, more people who are playing Magic kind of under the same banner of, we like this thing at the same time. I think that's, you know, really healthy for the community to kind of like, yeah, you know, right now standard players are excited about Kamigawa and commander players are excited about Kamigawa and maybe modern players or whatever are excited about Kamigawa. So it's it's fun to have everyone excited about the same world. I think that's a really big bonus of building commander decks off of the sets like that.
0: Yeah, another big bonus I think that people might not realize is when you keep making something, it's really helpful to have different starting points. Like mm-hmm. one of the things about making magic, and I... I I feel this very strongly, is I want to start every set that I do from a different place than some other set has started. And having the commander have this, like, world and set to sort of rip off of, this gives you a very, like, would you have made the two decks you made for this product if you were just making things in a vacuum? And most likely you never would, you know? These are very specific to this time and place.
1: Yeah, totally. I also think, like, if you are sitting there making your own starting points for products. You're going to like run out of your own creativity at some points, and it's really useful to adapt your creativity to a different starting point because that's that starting point someone else thought of or a team thought of, and you take what they thought of and you combine it with what you think of and you make something no one would have ever thought of.
0: So one of the cool things that I enjoy, let's talk about some examples from this pro, from these two decks from Nan um, Dynasty. There's, there's a couple cool things you get to do. So one is... Uh, you work with the creative team. Sometimes there's cool characters that we just... We couldn't fit. We couldn't fit in the main set. But you guys have like a, a, some some extra shots to get characters. Um, you want to talk about any of the characters, any of the legendary characters in either of the two decks? We're like, hey, we didn't have a chance to do this, but here we actually had a chance to do it.
1: Yeah, most of the characters we're using in Commander, in the decks at the very least, uh, most of those, I think, were stuff that... I don't think there's any callbacks in the commander decks. They're, the characters are mostly things that we kind of thought of like as a concept that would fit in the world. So for the vehicles deck, we have like a hotshot pilot character, like oh, this is a young moonfolk pilot. You know, legendary pilot seemed like a cool thing to hit, and then here's their big mech uh, as the secondary commander. So it, it was more reaching uh, trope space. Within uh, the Kamagawa world. I know for. Well, well, do you know what's going to be uh, revealed by the time this podcast comes out?
0: Uh, I believe that they, they will know all the decks by the time this podcast comes out.
1: Will they know the set booster cards?
0: I believe they will know the set
1: booster cards. By the,
0: I mean, uh, how about this? I'm not going to release it until they know everything. How's that? <laughs> yeah. So it's you great. talk talk freely.
1: Um, one of the things that, you know, for the set booster cards, there's five meojin, which are like really big like eight mana, nine mana, seven mana legendary creatures from the original Kamigawa block that would like come in with an indestructible counter and then remove it for some crazy effect. And we, I thought that was, I thought those were really cool. I thought they were commander sized because they're obviously like these huge splashy creature spells. And they're legendary, which is also a very commander hot word. So for set boosters, I thought uh, it was fun to try to make, five more Myogen in that way, because we hadn't um, done so in the main set. The main set hadn't used this space, so I thought that was certainly a fun callback to do. I know though, the main set did a really, really good job um, figuring out what was worth it to call back in Kamigawa and, and what, what where to pay their homages and such and such. So uh, the commander set was mostly trying to figure out what else we could do.
0: Yeah, Another thing that you get to do in Commander, which is kind of fun, is uh, the main set, like, it has mechanics, it has evergreen mechanics, and has mechanics specifically for that set. Um, but you guys have access to other, older mechanics, so, like, if, if there's a really cool, hey, this mechanic be, on one card would be very flavorful in this world, you guys get to do that, and that's not something that, you know, that, it's something that only you can do That that is harder for us to do in the premiere set.
1: Yeah, we have a few of those. I know in the blue-white vehicle set, there's maybe three new cards with Improvise. Improvise being the mechanic from Aether Revolt where you can tap artifacts for mana to pay for that spell with Improvise, much like Convoke, but with artifacts. Um, Yeah, we, we kind of, you know, commander teams really enjoy bringing back those other older mechanics. Sometimes they're for flavor reasons, sometimes they're just, you know, fun nostalgia to call back on, but Really, it's just very delightful. It's delightful for us. I think it's very delightful for the players. So we we love doing it.
0: Yeah, it's funny. One of the things we always do early in vision is we say, "Hey, what mechanics can we bring back?" Like, like we're mm. we're in this world, and a lot of times there's things that are like that would be cool on a card or two, but like it just you know, in order to bring it back in the main set, you have to really support it on enough cards to justify it. But Commander's mm-hmm. like, you can make one card. You're like, if if there's just one cool card, make the one cool card. And it's hard for us to do in the main set. So I, I, there's some freedoms there for the Commander deck to do some cool stuff that we just can't do in the premier set.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like That's, you know, Commander, a lot of Commander, because it's Singleton and stuff, a lot of it's about like drawing that one cool card. And so just making more cards that are just cool on their own or don't need a whole environment to support them, but maybe someone looks at it and wants to put it in their deck. You know, that's kind of good fruitful space for this audience.
0: So was there anything that you got to do in either of the two decks that you, like what was kind of a fun thing that the main set didn't get to do, but for whatever reason, either couldn't do it or didn't have space or, like what what are you think are some fun, and it could be new space, but like what, what are some fun things you, you felt the decks got to do
1: that, you know, allowed us to sort of expand what Kamagawa was. Or, you know, new new Kamigawa. Expand what new Kamigawa was. Uh, I thought there was some interesting stuff. Um, I know in the, the red-green deck, the modified deck, there's a mono-green legend that I think, it doesn't say modified on it, but it uses, like, some interesting space in the modified stuff to tell a story that, feels, uh, in my opinion, cohesive to Kamigawa. It's like it's called Kosei Pentant Warlord, costs 1 GG, so 3 mana, so zero 5 And it says, as long as Kosei is enchanted, equipped, and has a counter on it, um, they have, whenever Kosei deals combat damage, you draw that many cards and deal that much damage to each other opponent. So Modified cares about enchantments, or uh, auras, equipments, and counters. And so this card doesn't say modified, but it cares if you were modified by all three buckets, then it kind of goes into super mode. And the flavor of the card is this is like some old like fighter or battler or samurai who used to be really, really strong. And then he decided, oh, you know, I'm going to I'm just going to stop doing this and try to just be a pacifist for a while. And so this card is him post post being this vicious warlord person and now they are just meditating but if they get all their weapons on they're super powered again and i thought that was a cool thing i also think that expanding Kamagawa. uh we did some i made a legend that i know that the in the world guide there was a lot of mechs with like uh origami imagery or some artifact creatures that looked like they were folded paper and cranes and stuff, which is very, you know, very Japanese reticence and maybe reticence is the long word, reminiscence. And we wanted to make a legendary creature that, you know, was like, oh, maybe this is an origami artist or something. So we made Katsumasa the animator, which is for 2UU. It's a 3-3 flying legendary moonfolk artificer. You can pay three mana to turn a non-creature artifact into an artifact creature, uh, but it's a one-one flying in zone of turn. Um, and then at your upkeep, you could put three counters on, or sorry, a counter and up to three different non-creature artifacts you control. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a commander that likes to animate artifacts that like to be animated, because you can just put counters on stuff, but the, this really started from us thinking about you know the origami imagery from the World Guide, and how we could show a legend that, you know, is an origami crafter or uh, emphasizes that, you know, aspect of this new imagery from from what the world building people were working with.
0: So, do you have um do you have other favorites like uh, of stuff you designed or was given to you? Not necessarily that you designed personally, but
1: um. yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I like a lot of the set booster cards this time around. To be honest, um, there's a. So do you guys just real quickly? Um, does the people who make the commander decks also do the
0: set design cards, or is that a different team?
1: Oh yeah, sorry. Um yeah, we we totally do that. The usually the commander teams are directly responsible for also making the set booster cards. Um, so we'll be doing the decks, we'll be making the new cards, and we'll be thinking to ourselves, you know, we are spending a lot of time and energy thinking about what feels like this set and what feels like a commander, like what would make a good commander pre-con. But sometimes, you know, we're like, oh, this would be such a sweet commander to have in this world, Um, but it's not in the main set. And we can't really put in our decks because maybe it doesn't make sense in the two decks we like, or maybe it doesn't even make sense to make a deck out of to begin with. Um, An example here is there's a five color shrine uh, commander. And so there's a bunch of shrines and now this is a commander for the Five Color Shrine deck. Um, and we thought that was a really, you know, love that space as an example of a set booster card of like, here's a legend that we can, that, you know, we were spending so much energy thinking of cool commander stuff. This is someone something thought of and it was too cool, you know, to not, start to let go. So what does it and, do? What can you, can you read what it does? So it's a uh, Goshintai Shintai of Light's Origin. It costs four mana, three and a green. It's a 3-4 legendary enchantment creature shrine. Uh, it has an activated ability where you could spend a Wooberg, uh, one mana of each color, and tap it to return an enchantment card from your graveyard to your battlefield. And then when a uh, Shintai, or another non-token shrine you control, enters the battlefield, you get to make a 1-1 one, one colorless shrine enchantment creature token. So this is great for Shrines because you want to have a lot of Shrines and this is a good way to like double your Shrines. When you play Shrine, you get a, a little 1-1 Shrine. It's a little fragile, it can die, but for the time being, it's making your other Shrines stronger, which is great. Uh, very excited about that card. Yeah, one
0: of the reasons uh, uh, that we started making the set design cards is we found there were cards that didn't quite make sense in the main set and didn't fit in the Commander deck's. But we knew it would be popular, especially for commander. And so right. that's a perfect example of hey, it's a really cool card. It doesn't like it. it's doesn't do anything in draft. It it doesn't fit in either of commander decks, but hey, we want that card to exist. Um another example uh is for example, I think your two decks were white, blue, and red, green, correct? Right. Right. So if we have a cool black card that we want to, you guys want to make, well, there's nowhere... None of the decks can have a black card. So that's where, like, the set design usually can pick up the slack a little bit of... Um, it's very common when you make two decks that there's a color that falls through the cracks because often the decks are two color. Um, and then I know we make set designs to like, sometimes pick up the slack when, when that happens.
1: Yeah, that's often how I'll do it. I have this kind of structure that I like to follow. You know, other leads might think differently, but when I'm doing set booster cards... I like having like the two mythics or like one of the mythics is a legendary and then the other mythic is a wild card, exciting thing. And then there will be six rares and five of them will be part of a cycle. And that last one will be uh, a color that's uh, underserved from the deck. So, you know, in these set booster cards, there's the Myogen cycle at rare and then there's a black card and then there's two mythics. In this case, they're both legends because we had two cool legend ideas.
0: So one of them was the Shrine Lord. What was the other
1: one? The other one, very delightful. So the other one is uh, Yoshimaru Ever Faithful. It's a white one-mana, one-one legendary creature dog. It's our... We're trying to make a callback to Isamaru. So it's a one-mana, one-one. Whenever another legendary permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you put a one-one counter on Yoshimaru. And it has Partner, which is uh, a little bit... While Partner is a very volatile mechanic, obviously we made a bunch in Commander Legends, but ever since it's kind of creation in uh, whichever Commander set that came out, because I get Commander sets fused <laughs> a lot, but when when Partner came out it was, you know, made a huge impact on the Commander formats, you know, it's really shaking up everything. So here we wanted to make a card that was kind of a callback to Isomaru, um as just like a fun one mana legendary dog uh but make an exciting partner as well because just having a dog with partners seemed like a really really cute idea and so that's what we ended up going for with yoshimaru and i think it turned out pretty well
0: yeah it's 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 funny a lot of times what happens is you just get a really cool idea and you're like i want to bring this to life this is a cool idea and um you know, we, we know there's an audience. Like, there's the, one of the things you learn over time is there's, there's certain audiences for all sorts of different things and you want to have a variety of stuff. And, like, for example, there's dog lovers out there. So from time to time, we like we like making dogs because we know there are people that just have a lot of fun when we make dogs. And we've been trying to make more, like, one of the things if you look at our dogs, we've been trying to make a variety of dogs. So, like, no matter what kind of dog you like, at some point, we'll make the dog you love. So we keep making different dogs.
1: Right. The great thing about making dogs is that there's quite a big audience for dogs. There People
0: is. love them. <laughs> yes, dogs and cats are both strangely very popular, so go figure. I wonder why. <laughs> um, so, I, uh, I I can see my desk here, so we're not too far away from me getting to work, but uh, any, any other thoughts about what, what was unique about this Commander product that is different from other Commander products? How did, how did this one stand out in a way that's uniquely its
1: own? Yeah, Um. I mean... Honestly, the whole Kamigawa world this time around is, in my opinion, so unique, such rich mechanical space. I thought that these decks did a really good job finding uh, some appealing uh, mechanical space and themes for each of the decks. These are certainly not the decks that I was going to think of if I were doing on my own. So props to Chris Mooney and Daniel Holt for really brainstorming and and coming up with these uh, two themes that I think ended up working out really well. Um, I also think these are, again, some of my favorite set booster cards this time around. I like, really like the Myogen going on. I really like the shrine stuff. I love the dog. Um, I think there's a lot of really, really neat new cards in this, in this set as well that aren't commanders that can just go in your 99 and have a really good time. So check them out.
0: So you, you, any, any final examples of like individual cards that you just sort of love?
1: Uh, I'll call out Drumbellower. This was just uh, some random card that we thought of. It's uh, Drum bellower is a three-mana white creature. It costs two and a dub. It's a spirit for 2-1. It has flying, and you untap all your creatures during each other player's untap step. So it's a Seedborn Muse in white that flies. It's a mana cheaper or a few mana cheaper or something, and it... Um, it only untaps your creatures, though, but it seemed like really cool space for, for white and a really nice callback to a card. And it's not as frustrating as maybe untapping all your permanents, but so it's just, it's fun. You can repeat your activated abilities. Just seems something that made sense in this set. And it turned out that it synergized good enough with crewing vehicles and having a bunch of tapped creatures all the time that we liked putting it here.
0: So interesting. One of the things about this set is we decided to make our vehicles mechs something that would make a lot of sense in this particular environment. Um, mm-hmm. Was having was having vehicles be mechs, did that add any sort of interesting twist to how you did vehicles? Uh,
1: not so much a twist. I felt like it was, like, where the excitement was coming from. Like, the driver for making the vehicles deck was like, yeah, we can make a vehicles deck, and it's going to be full of mechs. Like, we can make uh, some new mech creatures, so we have, like, a white new vehicle, a blue new vehicle. We have our secondary commander is an 8-8 vehicle mech, and it's like a vehicle that can be your commander. Um, do you want me to read that one? Sure, sure. That sounds cool. It's Shorakai uh, Genesis Engine, four mana, two, a white and a blue. It's a legendary artifact vehicle, 8-8. You can pay a mana and tap it to draw two cards and discard a card and make a 1-1 pilot token that can crew vehicles as though its power were too greater. It has crew weights, um, so it's crew weight for an 8-8, and then it can be your commander. And I think a lot of people, there's that kind of space of just a giant mech that's cool, but uh, there's a lot of people that will find a lot of delight from having this non-creature permanence be their commander, so I'm really excited about that one.
0: So how do you decide when something gets can be your commander? Because, I mean, there's a lot of... I, I We get pressure for that all the time. Could this be... Can this be your commander? Like, what's the dividing line for you when you decide that... To, to make that true.
1: Right. For me, it's um, it's like safeguarding the frequency. Uh, I don't want to like overuse that line and have everything be a commander. But it's also, in general, like the rule of cool. Um, if it just, yeah, we should make something like this, a commander, that seems really cool, that seems really awesome, this feels like a commander, then we'll do it. Um, which I thought was really the case in this sense, is just making a giant vehicle... That was related to the base commander, making that your commander, I thought was a really cool idea. So this is this idea where we're making we're making two commanders that could lead a vehicle deck. It makes sense that one of those commanders is a pilot, because if I'm leading a vehicle deck, oh it's cool that my commander's a pilot. We already have the Paula, uh, a red white vehicle commander that exists from Kaladesh. So the other thought is like, what are we gonna make the second vehicle commander like just an artificer, another pilot? well, wouldn't people who really like vehicles like a vehicle as their commander sometimes? And there was just a lot of different pressures that was like, okay, we should use the can be your commander line here. Seems really cool. I think it's worth the rule of cool. So we've done it. I like the
0: rule of cool. That's good. Yeah, a lot of times it's just a matter of like, would people like the end product? You're like, sometimes you decide to do things because you're like, you, you have to see the end product and the audience and like, right will you really excite the players that that, that's intended for? Um, Mm. But uh, anyway, um, so we are wrapping up here, but uh, um, any final, we talked about that real quickly since we talked about the uh, vehicle deck. Any final thoughts on the red-green deck?
1: Um, I mean, I like the red-green deck a good bit. I think it's a great, you know, deck to... So Aura's, Equipments, Counters, all very popular, but usually siloed in their their own decks. I know AFR Commander had an Aura as an equipment deck, but this is a chance to not only like, oh, you can build your equipment or Aura deck in red-green, which is not something you've done before, but it's also a chance to try to bring those three strategies together in a really interesting way. It looks like it's a deck that kind of rehashes old strategies, but combining those three aspects makes for a really unique gameplay experience that I think is really cool. Also a very, very big fan of the Secondary Commander. I think it's really awesome, so please check it out.
0: Well, what is what? Is, tell us, what is the secondary commander?
1: Yeah, sure. It's Kaima, the Fractured Calm. Uh, it's a two, a red and a green. It's a legendary creature, Creature Spirits. It's a 3-3. Three, three. So the beginning of your end step, you goad each creature your opponent's control that's enchanted by an aura you control, and then you put a 1-1 one, one counter on Kaima, the Fractured Calm, for each creature goaded this way. So the idea is that... Um, every enchantment you have uh, kind of acts as a vow in some sense. A uh, vow being these auras that kept things from attacking you. Um, or an impetus from the Ikoria commander, impetuses were similar auras that just goaded the creature. Um, so you could, you know, oh, I have, you know, order of uh, or or of Nylia or something, and I can enchant my opponent's creature with any aura I want, and suddenly that creature is goaded. I thought it was really interesting to make a creature that made all of your auras into vows in some sense because it's fun political play it's pretty aggressive and i've been looking for a spot to make a card like this for a while so i'm, I'm very happy to have landed it here um, in a deck that has a bunch of auras and i like that you know if you're playing the phase commander and playing the modified game you really want to chant your own stuff the auras but if you're playing the secondary commander uh, on the same precon, every aura you draw is a chance to go to an opponent's creatures. And it's just a completely different gameplay for uh, uh, the secondary commander, which I really, really like.
0: Yeah, one of the things that's uh, just behind the scenes is you come up, you know, when you design magic cards, you come up with cool ideas all the time. But not every cool idea makes sense in the set that you're making. And so it's very common to, like, hold on to cool ideas and just wait for the right place for them to show up. Uh, and oh, sometimes yeah. that can be a while. So it's it's very, I, I always get very excited when I, I finally find a home for something that I've been wanting to do forever. So that that's always fun. But anyway, um, I can see my desk. So uh, it looks like I finally made it to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So I wanted to thank you, Corey, for being with us. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. I really enjoyed being here.
0: And to all of you, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.